0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. So let's get into God's Word tonight, and we're talking about the authority of the believer. And you and I, I want you to know that we have a lot more authority than what we've been walking in. And and I'm sure that some of you uh, you might have walked in a little bit of it, and and I've walked in a little bit of it, and but we can come up, say I can come up, you know. E- even just today, Heather and I are, are she has a little Maltese, and uh, you know, and and when when I'm talking about the authority of the believer, how we have authority on this earth that God wants His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we've got to be real with ourselves. Because, man, I've seen some stuff. I mean, I've seen, I've been right, going right towards storms. Jared and I have, and Heather and I have, and I could tell you story after story of, of, of speaking to tornadoes and the things lifting and, and separating and going around us. And I've, I've seen babies come back to life and the blind eyes open and the deaf ears open. And just, I could sit up here for hours and tell you stories of, of the goodness of God. We sang about the goodness of God tonight, but there's also been times when I've kidded myself. When I didn't want to stand up, I was tired, bless God, and I just wanted to rest. And so, and, and, and so I kidded myself and I went through the motions, but I didn't see results. But as I've grown in this, I've learned to go inward and be real with myself. And if my faith is not there, bless God, let's do what we can in the natural to get it done and get it taken care of. And we'll build our faith and then we'll stand on God's word. But then there's also other times just like today. So this weekend we've been going day and night for three weeks. And so I've been home the last couple of days and it has just been so good to unplug. And we had an episode with a dog last night. And okay, so just okay. We, yeah, we prayed over everything. Lord, give us wisdom. Took the dog to the vet. Uh, but then today the dog couldn't walk. The, the, I mean, just one thing right after the other. And Heather's like, well, what do you think we should do? I said, we ain't putting up with this. I was at a different place today than I was yesterday. And I took dominion and authority over the dog. I laid hands over the dog. I commanded the dog's system to come into alignment and the dog's fine. There's been times when horses have bowed their tendons and ligaments and stuff in their their legs and there's been times I'll, I'll go inward. I'm just not there. Let's take the horse to the vet. There's been other times when that's happened and I've spoke to it and immediately the ligament was bowed, came back right into alignment. There's been times when I've, there, there's a, I have there's was at a roping one time and I come around and roped this steer and I followed the steer to the back. I was in New Mexico and there's an Indian back there at the back of the gate and a steer slammed in the gate and snapped the guy's arm right in two. And I'm always listening to, okay, God, what do what you want me to do? Where am I at and what do you want me to do? Because notice Jesus said that he only did what he saw his father do. He just didn't go around just healing everybody. There were times, John chapter 5 in the pool of Bethesda, he walked by hundreds of people that were at the the pool of Bethesda and he went to one man and he asked him, do you want to be made whole? And the guy received wholeness in his body. See, we've got to want to increase. We've got to want to walk in victory. We've got to want to walk in dominion and authority because tradition and religion will get your tail kicked. but there's a place of intimacy with God that every one of us can be at right now, right now. We don't have to wait. We don't right now. We have an inheritance with God that our faith can come up and things can change in our life. And and so anyway, I'll go back to the Indian. It it snapped his arm, and I'm asking the Lord, Art, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to pray for it. And I reached, got off my horse, and this guy was drunker than Cooter Brown. I mean, I don't know who Cooter Brown is, but I mean, he is drunk. (laughs) I think I've met him before, before Jesus. Me and Cooter were friends. (laughs) Anyway, I, I get off, and I grab the guy's arm like that, and I pray for him, and the bone was laying. It wasn't punctured out of his skin yet, but it was laying right on top of it, and you could just feel the bone go right back into alignment and the guy just sobered up immediately. And I said, and on the inside, I was asking, Lord, what do you want me to, to say to him? He says, you just let him know how much I love him. And then I just walked off. I don't know what happened to that guy. Again, there was another time I was at a rope and this lady, I mean, she was cussing. I mean, like a sailor. I mean, and if you're a sailor, I apologize. Hopefully you've got saved and delivered. But I mean, she had a mouth on her and she walks behind this horse and this horse kicks her and just snaps her thigh. What's that bone right there called? What is it? Femur, the femur bone. Snaps it, she's laying down. I mean, she was creating words. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, she's just letting it roll, you know. And so I'm asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? And He said, I want you to lay your hands on her. And so, of course, everybody's around her, and I just go up to her, and I lay my hands upon her, and I begin to pray over her, and God immediately healed her leg. And her eyes came like this, and the Lord said, that's all I want you to do. And I stepped back, and they helped the lady up, and she went on about her way. But see, there's other times that I, I know that my word level, I'm just I'm just not there. Whether I'm tired, whether I've been working 24-7, whether I haven't spent time with, with God, I'm learning, I'm growing where I can live like that because when I get somewhere, I want to have something to give. And so, but if I'm not protecting my time and my relationship with God, I can get somewhere and I don't have anything to give. Remember in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, Jesus said to love God and to love others as we love ourselves. To the degree that I love myself enough to change the way I think and change the way I believe and change the way I live, it's going to empower me to love God, but also to love you. So if I'm not loving me enough to get the tradition and religion out of my life and to renew my mind to God's Word, I'm not going to have anything to give. I want to experience God's Word. I want to live in His Word where we experience it on earth just like it is in heaven. How about you? but it doesn't come by being religious. There's so much more than just going to heaven. That's a great thing, but He wants heaven on earth. And the church, churches around the world, when I say church, I'm saying globally, most churches we've been focusing on going to heaven. And Jesus says, don't you focus on going to heaven. He says, you pray for heaven to come to earth. See, it's a shift in thinking that He wants us to experience heaven on earth. So how do we do this? How do we position ourselves? Especially, man, we have a lot of great opportunities for God to show up in what's going on in our world, don't we? So let's learn how to walk in our authority and our dominion and be everything God's called and created us to be. So let's go, Ephesians chapter three, Ephesians chapter one, let's start there. But you can write this down, you see on your notes, uh, I wrote down Ephesians 1, 16 through 23, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, And these are prayers that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And these are prayers that I pray for you very often. If not every day, a lot of days of the week, I'm praying these prayers over you. But I want to encourage you to make these prayers yours. So in Ephesians chapter 1, for example, um, I'm just going to start in verse 16, if you have your Bible. And it says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So instead of saying our Lord, say my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory that He may grant to you, instead of saying to you, make it to me. Okay, that He may grant to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him by having the eyes of my heart flooded with light so that I can know and understand the hope to which He has called me, and how rich is His glorious inheritance in the saints, His set-apart ones, and so that I can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of His power in and for me who believe, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And He has put all things under His feet and has appointed Him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all for in that body uh, lives the full measure of Him and makes everything complete. He fills everything everywhere with Himself. Now, let's lo- let's go to your notes. And you see on your notes that our Heavenly Father... Now, you're going to give me your best, Right? Okay, our Heavenly Father wants us to know our authority. And you see in your notes, Ephesians 1.21, in the Amplified, it says, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, in every name that is named, does COVID have a name? Does lack have a name? Does cancer have a name? What in your life, in your business... Does, does a, low, uh, a low in your financial status, does that have a name? Well, if it's lack, lack has a name, right? And it says, in Christ Jesus, He has been set far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is named. So if it's on the earth and it has a name, the name of Jesus is above it. Now, we say that, but in most cases, are we really believing and using the authority that's in that name? And and what I'm talking about tonight, this takes practice. It takes consistency. It's not just, it it, it takes, okay, I'm going to renew my mind to this. I'm going to begin to believe it. I'm going to begin to act on it. Remember, it's the doers of the Word of God that get results, not just the Bible toters. Right? So... Notice he says in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 12, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him, draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless, boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies. Who supplies it? Which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood contending only with physical opponents but against the despotisms against the powers against the master spirits who are the world rulers of the present darkness against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural sphere now i want to read this in the new king james to you, ephesians chapter 6 And it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now we're talking about Jesus is far above all rule, power, authority, dominion. Now these are the same spirits that we're fixing to deal with right here in Ephesians chapter 6. And he says, Finally, my brethren. And so whenever he's writing this and he uses the word, Finally, my brethren, and you've heard me talk about this briefly, the word finally, he's, it's, it's portraying a picture that in Ephesians, he's talking to this church at Ephesus and he writes them this letter and he says, okay, everything that we've talked about up to this point is very important and you need to take it from your head to your heart. And in Ephesians, he talks about redemption. He talks about our authority. He talks about the structure of the home. He talks about in the business world. He talks about a lot of different powerful things. But then he gets to this and he says, finally, and that word in that time meant that if you haven't got anything else, you stay on it, but you need to get this. Now, my brethren in the Greek, it paints the picture of of a womb, of two twins inside of a womb. And and you've heard me talk about the the how at this time Alexander the Great was kick and tell and taking names and he was he's taking possession over kingdoms and authority and the the warriors that were in their field of influence that were fighting like Alexander the Great they were standing out they were they wanted to be the best them they could be they would have this banquet and one of the greatest banners trophies accolades, whatever it is that, that they could receive was being acknowledged by Alexander the Great. And so they would bring this person out and Alexander the Great would come out and he would stick his arm around them and he would say, My brethren. And in the Greek, this word paints a picture of two identical twins. So he was saying, The way that I think victory, you think victory. The way that I win, You win. And this is the Holy Spirit writing to you and I and He's wanting you and I to see ourselves the way that our Father sees us, that we are identical, made in the image and likeness of God and we have the same dominion and authority that Adam had on the earth that comes from God and he's wrapping his arm around us and he's saying, I need you to think like the winner I am. I need you to think like the overcomer I am. I need you to think success like I think success. My brethren, he's saying, if you haven't got anything, else, realize that this armor that God supplies is for you, and I'm expecting you to overcome anything that life throws your way. So he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. This word strong comes from our Greek word uh, dynamis, where we get our word dynamite. Be strong in the Lord, it paints a picture that God is looking for um, a vessel that He can fill with His power. The word might in the Greek paints a picture of a big muscular guy, you know, kind of like myself. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> a big muscular guy like a, like a, a bodybuilder, like a Hercules. This is what this Greek word paints the picture because they believe that Hercules was a God that was supernaturally endowed. And he's saying, I need you to see yourself, my brethren, as a vessel who's yielded to God that God can fill with His Spirit and power that you're going to get supernatural results. And he goes on to say in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That Put on the whole armor of God. That it's not just some... Uh, cool story that you learn about in Sunday school. He's saying, I need you to put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may stand. This word stand is the word stenea. It paints the picture of a soldier with his shoulders back, his held up high where he was called to a certain territory, and when he would walk up to that territory on a high mountain and he would look over the kingdoms, he knew that he was fixing to possess the land because he was backed by the government of Rome, and if he couldn't take it himself, he knew the whole government would back him up. And God was saying, I need you to see yourself, that you're called. Everybody in this in this room, every one of us as children of God, we are called to certain spheres of influence, and we need to look over that territory, knowing that there's going to be some battles, knowing that there's going to be some things to fight, but we're designed to win and we're backed by Almighty God. We're not doing it in our own power, our own might, our own strength. We have all of heaven backing us. He says, "So I need you to think different, believe different, talk different. Remember, my brethren... brethren... Brethren, I need you to see yourself that you are equipped by Almighty God. But when he uses the word put on the whole armor of God, it lets us know that we have a choice. I can either lay it down or I can take it up. I can put it on or I can put it off. It's my choice. Now, when God designed it, it is the armor of who? Who? And when God designed the helmet, He designed the sword, He designed the shield, He designed the shoes, He designed every part of the armor, expecting not we win a few and lose a few, expecting every one of us to walk in our dominion and authority and we win. We win. Even if it's a long battle, we still win. No matter what we face, we win. Say, I win. See, when, we're, when we truly have on the armor of God and we put our helmet on, the devil doesn't see you. You know who he sees? He sees God. He sees Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness, you have the righteousness that comes from Jesus. The sword of the Spirit, when you open your mouth, it's the same way of Jesus himself speaking it upon the earth. When you walk in with your shoes of peace, see these shoes, they weren't just your, your little sneakers or these little crocs or, I mean, these things, they had spikes on them. It depend on what you were called to. Some were one inch, some were two inch, some were three inch. And they allowed you to go onto the battlefield, the shoes of peace. This is a, the word peace in the Greek is, is like an umpire that calls the shots. You're either in or you're out. Right? I mean, it was calling the shot. And he says, I want my peace to call the shots in your life knowing no matter how intense you get, I've got your back. And these shoes would allow you to plant in the middle of the battle and the warrior could come up with his best shot and just drill you and you might rock back, but because your shoes have the spikes on them, you're going to come back and you're going to come back and you're going to stand with your shoulders back, head up high, knowing, was that your best shot, turkey? I'm fixing to take you out. My brethren... And then he goes on to say, we don't wrestle. Now that you have on the armor of God, and I could keep going for hours on that, but now that you have the armor of God, you need to know that you don't wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but you wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I I just want to break this down. Because in order for us to understand our authority, we've got to realize. See, see, the word wrestle comes from a a, a Greek word, Pancretus, and it's and it's like a, a a boxer. It's like a wrestler. It's like a, you take all the arts together and you combine. And these guys would have they would have spikes coming out of their gloves, and there were no rules, no rules. And he's saying, this is the way that the devil fights. He thinks that there's no rules and he can play by his rules and he's going to win. And you know, the sad thing is most of the body of Christ he has. Not for eternity. We're saved. We're going to heaven. But as far as our everyday life. But no more. Say no more. And so this word wrestle. Against is a, is a Greek word pros, P-R-R-O-S, and it means eyeball to eyeball, that there's coming a time that you're gonna face some battles, eyeball to eyeball, but you need to realize that you have on the armor of God, and God is backing you, and He expects you to win. And He goes on to say, when He, when He, this word, uh, principalities, it comes from a, a Greek word that I would butcher it, I, I'm not even gonna try to say it, but it's it, it it's talking about rank it's talking about order it's talking about position you know there's there's rank order and structure in the kingdom of darkness and he goes on to talk about uh powers it comes from a, a greek word exousia and it's it's delegated power they have certain demonic spirits have assignments to hold back well let's say in the business world most people they think god and the devil are just hanging out at church and they just think, well, this is some good messages for church. And then they don't apply any of it. And they think that is, we separated church and state. We separated, okay, we're going to live at church this way, but don't you bring it into the business world? No, you are designed by God to dominate in the business world. You are designed by God. And you, you better know that there are devils assigned to the business world to hold you back from increasing the way that God desires you to increase. But when you begin to understand your dominion and authority, you can know that I'm called to this field with the armor of God on and you can start telling the devil to take his hands off of your resources and that angels, you go to the north, south, east and west and you cause the increase to come into our life. You command the the obstacles that the devil has placed in your life. You come down in Jesus' name. You walk into that place. You're called there, right? You're anointed by God. It's what you're gifted in grace to do. Now take your dominion and authority and begin to allow God to give you wisdom. Allow God to work in you and through you to make a difference in the world that are around you. See, but most people leave God at church. And they throw their Bible in their car and their notes in their car, and that's the last thing they look at it until Wednesday or Sunday. Say, not me. And when he, he's talking about um, the powers and principalities, rulers of the darkness, he says, we could break that down, but, but, but the heartbeat is okay, God's power is always greater than the devil's power. Always. Say, always. So, so let's, let's go back to Ephesians 1, and I want us to look. This is on your notes, page 1, verse 17 and 18. You're still giving me your best, right? Okay, verse 17, For I always pray to the God of my Lord Jesus Christ. And some of this I'm going to skip through. You can look at it in your own time. For I always pray to the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He may grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. Intimate knowledge of Him. Now this is Paul wanting you and I to make this a prayer that we pray for ourselves. And if you'll stay consistent on praying this prayer, you'll begin to see the spirit of wisdom and revelation operating in your life, giving you insight... To the Word of God like you've never had before in your life. He says insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Intimate knowledge of him. This word knowledge in the Greek is konosko and it paints the picture of a husband and wife coming together and being intimate. And whenever husband and wife were all here because a mom and dad have been intimate at some point in fashion, right? And it produced an offspring. And he's saying when we spend time with the Lord, we're we're, we're not we're not doing a drive by. You know, it's not we're not going through saying, "Hey God, how's it going? Okay, you're first in my life." We just drive on by. No, there's intimacy with there. I'm positioning myself to hear what he's saying. I'm listening to what he's saying. I'm allowing his word to take root in my heart. I'm allowing him to plant the seed of his word in my heart that's going to produce an offspring of his will. He says, intimate knowledge of Him by having the eyes of my heart flooded with light. So when we're hanging out with light, light comes. When we're, when we're standing in the light, when we're after the heart of God, when we're being real with God, when we're opening ourselves up, even while we're a mess in one area and we're all a work in progress, right? We all can come up. Say, I can come up. If I'll stay close to God, the Spirit of God will keep flooding our heart with light to show us His heart to show us our heart, and that's where grace comes in. He empowers us to receive the Word of God, to do the Word of God. There's an empowerment there, a willingness there to keep helping us right where we're at but He wants us to stay in relationship with Him. And He says, flooded with light so that we can know, there's that word again, so we can know and understand the hope to which He has called us and how rich is His glorious inheritance in the saints, has set apart one. So this light in the presence of God, when you're spending time in the Word, this is what I do, I'll just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you're the one who inspired the men to write this Bible. You know what was going on then and I ask you as the teacher of the church, I ask you to reveal to me what you what was on your heart why you wrote this the way that you wrote it the the heartbeat you know people a lot of times they just want to focus on well I wish I would have lived with the disciples and been with Jesus and Jesus said that what you and I have is better than what the disciples had and it's the Holy Spirit that infills us and the spirit of wisdom and revelation is in us and on us and he's flooding our heart with light so we can know say no Not guess, not wish, not wonder, not hope. We can know. Say no. That word know and understanding. There's a knowing there. You know that you're the righteousness of God. You know that you're forgiven. You know you're the healed of the Lord. You know you're blessed. You know it's just a matter of time that God. you're going to start seeing the Word of God. What you read in here is going to be in your life because you know and understand the hope. Hope means a confident expectation. The hope of your calling. Calling means a summoning. That just like if I were to call you on your cell phone, there was a calling and you have the option of either deleting it, of muting it, of not calling me back, of not answering it, whatever it is. And we have the same right with God. God is not going to make us do anything. But he says, if you'll stay intimate, you're going to know who you are. You're going to know where you're supposed to go. You're going to know how to apply the word. You're going to know when to use the name of Jesus. You're going to know the power of the blood of Jesus. You're going to know, say no, and understand the confident expectation, the hope. That's what that word hope means, a confident expectation. You're going to know what God expects of you. You're going to develop expectation of God. And you're going to know my father has an inheritance for me. I was in Utah uh last week and this guy came up to me, a big old bulldogger guy, and, and he came up and he was so excited to see me and he hugged me and everything and he says, Man, you don't you don't even remember what happened last year. I was, I was my horse was struggling at this rodeo in, in Oregon and and man I was me and my wife were struggling and, and I just asked you to pray for me right there in the arena and you prayed for me. And you know what? God God healed my horse that day. God God did a work of me and He placed and He told me all this stuff that happened. And he, he said, I grew up Mormon and I didn't know until that day that my Heavenly Father wants to be involved in every single thing that I care about. See, that's a that's a knowing, that's an understanding that there's an inheritance that our Heavenly Father wants more for us than what we're walking in right now. Say He wants more. He wants more, and that takes a renewing of the mind. It takes, it takes work, a choice and a decision. When I say work, it takes a, uh, well, just effort to, I'm gonna choose to believe today that what God has in front of me is better than what He had behind me. Romans 8, 6 says that our, our covenant with God is built upon better and more precious promises than the Old Testament. We still operate. We still have the same principles. He's the same God, but it's better. It's better that God lives in us and He's not just on us and with us. It's better that the blood of Jesus cleanses us and we can approach the Father ourself. It's better that we have the name of Jesus, the same authority that Jesus walked in. It's better. What God has for us is better. Better financially, better relationally, better physically. It's better. Better. Right now, God is working things that are better for you and I. It's better. Expect for better. Say better. And if you can't understand, I'm not saying butter. I'm saying better. Better. (laughs) Some places I go, they're like, could you slow down a little bit and repeat that? I don't understand what you're saying. (laughs) Better. Our God's better. Say better. Let's go back to your notes here. See, page two. Knowledge. I I recognize the time and I'm not even close to being done, but you're good, right? You're going to come back another time, right? We'll, We'll keep going. Knowledge in itself is not enough. We're not hurting for knowledge in our country. We're not hurting for knowledge in this whole world. But knowledge will not bring freedom in itself. It's applied knowledge. What am I applying? Am I applying what I know about God? Let's just keep it simple. Matthew 6.33, He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added unto me. Now, if I believe that Scripture, am I doing it? Am I truly putting God first? Not with my mouth. It's easy to run my mouth. But am I doing it with my life? Am I doing it with my finances? Am I doing it with my gifts? Am Am I putting God first? See, God is not a genie in a bottle. He's not a lucky rabbit's foot. He's not a slot machine like at Vegas. I mean, He's God. And there's principles. There's, he has ways of doing things. And when we're intimate with Him, and we know His heartbeat, and we step out and do what he, His Word says to do, then He confirms His Word with signs following. But if we don't do what He tells us to do, then His hands are tied. And even though He's almighty, He can't do what He promised He would do in His Word. You know, I, I know there's a, you know, this different grace message that, that comes and goes through the body of Christ where people think they could, don't have to do anything and I don't have to open my mouth and I don't have to pray and I can live like hell and God's okay with it. And I call that greasy grace. <laughs> because grace is God's willingness to empower you and I to live in relationship with Him. His grace empowers us to walk in relationship with Him. When you're in relationship with God, I'm not trying to just see what I can get away with and I'm just going to get right into the borders of Christianity. Okay, I just want to know that I'm saved, but I'm going to live one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world, but God bless me, but I want to hang on to everything that I used to hang on to. I'm wanting to go after God, where I get so far away from the border of Christianity that I have to work at remembering who the old me was, and that's a daily process. You know, you, you've heard us talk about just change one percent a day. I can change one percent a day. I can renew my mind just one percent a day. I keep taking a step, just one step a day, and the next thing I know, I look back and my address is completely changed. It's completely changed. Say, I'm glad I'm here. So, so knowledge acted upon. You see, in John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. There's that word know again, that word of intimacy, that word of relationship. It's not enough just to have it in your head. Am I, if I truly believe it? See, belief always drives behavior. Belief always drives behavior. If I truly believe something, I'm going to act on it. I mean, I could sit here and let's just say there's a fire extinguisher on the wall and I could sit here and think, I, I believe, and the fire's going all around us here and uh, I, could, I believe that the fire extinguisher, if I grab it, it's going to put out the fire. I believe, I believe, I believe. Now, what I'm believing is true. And I could burn up like a shish kebab. The whole time, what I'm believing... It's true, but true belief grabs it and uses it. And we say a lot of things. Well, I believe God is Almighty, and I believe that He's healer, and I believe that He's blesser, and I believe, and I believe, and, and we're burning up like a shish kebab. You know, we've been out of. The, you know, you've been in the desert for for five days or something, no water, and you get back, and somebody finds you, and you're just, you know, you're sucking, you're out of spit, you're out of everything. You know, you're. You're just dried up, and they they sit down a glass of water right here, and you, oh, I believe, I believe if I drink that water, I will not die. I believe if I drink the water, I will not die. Plunk, (laughs) and you just fall over dead. Is what you believed right? Yes, but true belief picks up the water and drinks it. So we can say we believe the Bible, but the fruit's going to be on the tree. Belief drives behavior. Belief drives behavior. Let's keep going. Now, as we get into our dominion and authority, and I just, I'm, I'm going to move through some of this quicker than others. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Listen to what Jesus said. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions physical mental strength ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you so notice how god is comparing his power to the devil's power jesus says i give you authority and power to trample over snakes, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. He says, so my power that I give you is greater than the power that the devil has. When he's talking about snakes, scorpions, he's talking about demons, principalities, rulers of the darkness of this world, the things that Jesus is already above, and we're going to learn that we're above it too in Christ Jesus. Now think about this with me. Think about power. Power is like a police officer. The cars are coming, he steps out, road construction, whatever it is, he blows the whistle, holds up his hand, 18-wheeler stops, car stops, truck stops, it backs up for miles. Now, in his physical ability, does he have the power to stop those vehicles? What do we respect? We respect the authority that gave him that power. We, ex- we respect the authority behind the police officer. What's well, the same way in the kingdom of God. God says, I give you power and authority. He says, the authority that is behind you is the authority from heaven but you've got to do something about the devil. God is not going to do anything else about the devil. Jesus is not going to do anything else about the devil. He's already done what he's going to do, and he's already defeated the devil. But he gave you the power and the authority, saying the authority that is backing you is greater than anything the devil throws your way. There's a, a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. He was a, he's in heaven now, but he had 27 people raised from the dead in his ministry. I mean, this guy showed up at funerals. They, they didn't ever know what was going to happen. I mean, he, you know, they would come up. He would put them up against the wall. They'd come back to life. I mean, he just, you should hear some of the stories of the power of God working in him and through him. But he was watching this lady one day, and, and this lady was getting on the bus, and there's this little puppy dog, you know, riding her heel, <laughs> And she said, "Oh, get back! You know, get back, puppy, get back!" And here comes the bus. The bus pulls up. and She goes, "Get!" She just slammed her foot down and said, "Get!" And that dog. Oh, 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 oh. And the dog took off running the other way. And he said, he yelled out, "That's what we should do to the devil." <laughs> but a lot of times we're wanting God to do something about the devil and God has given you the power and you the authority and you the dominion in your life. Now I can't come over to your house and start commanding and demanding and doing all this type of stuff unless you invite us or ask us. Unless you're young in the Lord, you know just like parents, you know as a baby, you're going to feed them, you're going to clean their diaper, right? Hopefully, you know you're they're not going to you're not going to leave them this in a mess. No, you're going to clean their diaper, you're going to keep feeding them But as they get older, you want them to change their own underwear, right? You want them to feed themselves. You want them to do certain stuff because they're maturing. It's the same way in our relationship with God. In the beginning, God's going to intervene. God's going to do some things because we're learning. We're a baby in this, but there comes a time that He wants us to grow up. And we're at a time in our world and in our society, we've got to grow up and understand who we are, understand we have power, understand we have authority, understand we have dominion. Say, I have dominion. Say, I have authority. Let's keep going. Go to Matthew chapter chapter 28. And Now, as we read these next few scriptures, I want you to think about Jesus is the head and we are the body. Okay, just keep that in your thinking. Matthew 28, we're talking about power and authority on earth. Now, realize that how does God, I I I want you to think about this with me, how does God get His power to operate on the earth? Are, are, Are my head and my body separate? You don't go down to the square, you know, you call your wife, hey, I saw Trey's head down at the square today. Or, hey, I saw Bill's body over there at AGB. No, when you're talking about somebody, you're talking about the head and the body. Right? My head's not sitting over there on the table. My body's right here. That'd just be odd. Can, you, can we agree on that? Okay, so Jesus, listen to what Jesus said, and this is after He's resurrected from the dead... Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I'm with you always even to the end of the age notice how Jesus says all power and authority has been given to me that's what your scripture says right All power and authority has been given to me, but then notice he turns around and he gives it to the church. He says, now you go in my name. Look look at Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 20. I don't know if I put this in your notes or not. I think I just typed it a while ago. Mark, if you have your Bible, Mark 16, verses 17 through 20. If you don't, I want you to listen up here. This is the same same time after he is resurrected, and these signs will follow those who believe. What does a sign do? When you're when you're you're coming from one town to to the other, a sign lets you know you're going the right direction. A sign lets you know you have X amount of miles. And he says, Okay, these signs, say these signs, will follow those who go to church. That's not what he says. These signs will follow those who have a bumper sticker that says, I love Jesus. I don't know what he said. These signs will follow those who believe. Who believe? Is that you? Is that me? I've got to ask myself. Okay, in my name, they will cast out demons. Would you please not talk about the devil? I mean, it really makes me nervous. That's the way most Christians act. Now, we don't need to look for devil behind every bush or behind every doorknob, but we need to have an awareness that the devil's job, ten, John 10.10, 10, his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly so we can draw a line right there that if whatever's happening to my life is life and life more abundantly, that's from God. But if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, who's that from? The devil. The word devil comes from two Greek words, diabolo, and it paints the picture of persistency, of somebody grabbing a rock and continually coming after you until they break you down and take you down. So he says he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. His job is to do that in your life, in your business, in your family. So right here he's saying now these signs will follow, not might follow, they will follow. Those who believe. Do you believe that you have the name of Jesus? Remember, he says, now you go in my name. The phrase in my name means as my representative. As when you say my name, it doesn't mean it's just a cliche. You stick on the end of a prayer. Bless my parakeet. Water the grass. Bless my food. In Jesus' name, amen. No, in Jesus' name means, okay, that's my territory, devil. You take your hands off of my body. You take your hands off my business. You take your hands off my family. In my name, you'll cast out demons. Now, he says, these signs will follow those who believe... The sign, the indicator that you're heading the right direction is you will see results if you keep believe. The word believe isn't a one-time word. The word believe means continuing. Like in the beginning when God said light be, that word be is still, it's still going forward. It's still evolving. It's still penetrating. Light be is still working right now at the same power that it started whenever He said light be. So when he tells us to be strong, be blessed, be healed, be whole, it's a word that's continuing, not just one time. You live in wholeness. You live in blessing. You live in victory. You live in Be Believe. Believe. You are a believer. He's saying continue. Continue. He says in my name, these signs will follow those who believe. I don't want to get bucked off my chair here. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Now, most of the time, this is where most churches skip over that part. You know, they skip over the demons, they skip over the praying in tongues, they skip over certain things. Now, when he's talking about, see, I just want to touch on this, and maybe I'll come back. I'm sure at some point in time and teach on this because it's it's life changing. When he's saying, "In my name, you will speak in new tongues," the devil has made tongues a dividing tool in the body of Christ. He's painted such a picture of all these fruit loops running around speaking gibberish and just oh and they don't know how to function in life and it's weird and it's odd and I don't know and it's strange and ah. But how many of us can agree that our Heavenly Father, He's a good dad? He is so good, that's just all He is is good. And anything that is from Him, it's to benefit us. It's a, it's to, to add value to us. It's to improve us. And so, tongues, people think that it's passed away. People think it's odd. They think it's only for a few people. Tongues is, is a gift from your Heavenly Father that's a special language between you and Him. And the Bible says when you pray in other tongues, the devil doesn't know what you're praying. There can be no doubt, no unbelief in your praying and you're speaking directly to God. Now, if I were to get up here and speak to y'all in a tongue, then I would need to have an interpretation. I would need to interpret what I was saying. But in my own private prayer language, Paul, how many of you believe that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? How many of you believe Paul was a powerful man in the kingdom of God? Come on, let me see your hands. Every denomination, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Catholic, they all talk about how powerful Paul is. You know what Paul said? I pray in tongues more than you all. Oh my God! You know most churches wouldn't let Paul in. They wouldn't. But they're going to teach about how He prophesied and teach how He did all these powerful things. And they're going to teach His writings. Tongues, and I'm not going to spend him. Tongues is a gift from your Heavenly Father that will change your life forever. While you're driving down the road, while you're in the shower, while you're on the toilet, while you're working outside, wherever it is, it's something that you can just talk right to your Heavenly Father and it's not odd, It's not change, it's not strange, it's life-changing. It says we're praying answers. We're praying wisdom. And here, here tonight, you're watching. You can receive it right where you're at. It's life changing. Let's keep going. Say, I'm glad I came tonight. <laughs> uh, he says, in my name. And he goes on, if they drink any deadly thing, about by no means hurt them, they'll lay hands on the sick, they will recover. So then after the listen of this part, then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. Picture this. And He sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out. So Jesus at the right hand of God. The disciples, who He said, All power and authority has been given to Me, now I'll give it to you. The disciples went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the Word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So how could Jesus be at the right hand of the Father and be displaying His power upon the earth? Jesus is the head and we are the body and the only way he gets his power done upon the earth is through the body when Jesus was raised from the dead and he stripped the devil of all of his power authority and dominion he was raised from the dead and he took the power authority and the dominion he didn't get it back for himself he got it back for you and I See, in the very beginning, Adam was given all the dominion, all the authority, all the power. But when he sinned, he was separated from God. When he was separated from God, he did not lose religion. He didn't lose Baptist. He didn't lose Methodist. He didn't lose Pentecostal. He didn't lose Biker Church, Cowboy Church, Zama Zama Church, three you know Frigid Air churches. He lost dominion and authority and power and relationship with God when he was separated from God. Jesus came. When you accepted Jesus, there was a reattachment. The Bible says that the Spirit of God breathed the life of God into you and now the kingdom has come in you on earth and He wants it to be manifest on earth just like it is in heaven. So how does that how does that happen? Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm almost done. Look at your neighbor and say, you're doing good. No matter how long he goes, you're doing good. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. I think this is on page 5 of your notes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of His power. Say the greatness of His power. In and for us who believe. Who is it for? For those who believe. As demonstrating in the working of His mighty strength. So so you can see right here why the enemy does not want us to know our dominion and authority. Right here, this is the greatness of His power for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength. The greatest recorded power and dominion that God demonstrated. Say demonstrate. He demonstrated on earth as whenever He raised Jesus from the dead. Let's keep going. Verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, when you see the right hand in the Bible, the right side of an individual, the right hand, it represents authority and dominion. So God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of authority, the right hand of the father. Let's keep going. Verse 21, far above, when He raised Jesus from the dead, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. So you see that when God, I want you to picture this, if Jesus is the head and we are the body, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it talks about you and I, when we come into the family of God, we are a part of the body. Some of us are a thumb, some of us are an elbow, some of us are an eye, some of us are an ear, some of you are a rear, but hey, we're all work in progress, right? We're all parts of the body. We've all been that, okay? So he says that, okay, the body, he uses the analogy of a body. That when He raised Jesus from the dead, He raised the head. And we answered this a while ago. Is your head and your body different places? Okay, you can't separate your head from your body. So when God looked at Jesus, when He raised Him from the dead, you can go into Ephesians chapter 2. I'm summarizing it just for time's sake. In Ephesians chapter 2, when He raised Jesus from the dead, He raised you from the dead. When He set Jesus at the right hand of the Father, He set you and I at the right hand of the Father. When He quickened Jesus, He quickened you and I. When Jesus defeated the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, that means you and I defeated the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. When He gave Jesus the name that is above every sickness, disease, lack, poverty, curse, He gave you the name that is above every sickness, like disease and curse. So when he raised Jesus, he raised you. When Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, you and I are at the right hand of the Father. That's why Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, it will be done for you, because it's the same as Jesus asking the Father when you ask the Father in his name. So if Jesus delivered us, stripped the principalities, rulers of the darkness, or made them to nothing, one translation says, made them to zero then that means when you and I come into Christ, He's made to nothing in our life. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, you can look in your own time, it says He already has delivered us from the power of darkness. Not He's going to. He already has delivered us from cancer, from corona, from poverty, from lack, from disease, from anything that kills, steals, and destroys. But just because we're delivered doesn't mean that we're not going to have battles. The devil is not going to give up easily. He doesn't want the body of Christ to know that they can use the name of Jesus and tell devils to back off and to give up the territory and command people's eyes to come open and ears to come open and their body to be strong and marriages to be healed. he doesn't want us to understand that we have power on earth just like God has in heaven. He doesn't want us to understand that the power of the blood cleanses us and covers us. He doesn't want us to understand that we don't have to be bound. We don't have to be full of, of, of strife and envy and bitterness and anger and lack. And the list goes on and on. Things that kill, steal, and destroy do not have a right to dominate the child of God. And it's time for you and I to rise up and realize who we are in Christ. We're not doing this in our own might. We're not doing this in our own name. We're doing it in Him. We're strong in Him. We're powerful in Him. We have more authority than what we've recognized. Remember the police officer? You tell the devil, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Nowhere in the New Testament does it tell a believer to pray for God to do something about the devil. If you've been asking God to do something about the devil, you've been wasting your breath. He says, you submit your life to God, you resist the devil, and he has to flee. He says, I gave you my name, now you go. I gave you my name, now you speak to your body, you speak to your horses, you speak to your animals, you speak to your finances in my name. Devil, you take your hands off my kids. You take your hands off my body. In my name, knees, you be strong. In Jesus' name, nerves, you come alive. In Jesus' name, arthritis, you leave my body. In Jesus' name, resources come to me. In Jesus' name, the name that is above every name, we either believe it or we don't believe it. But an indicator that I believe it is that I do it. So I've got to step back and ask, am I using my authority the way that my Father wants me to use it. Now this isn't for us to run around and just get our way. Remember Jesus said, as you abide in my word and my word abides in you, now then you will ask what you will and it shall be done. This is through a process of relationship that you want to please the Father. You want His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not about you getting glory. It's about Him getting glory. But you and I should be an example of blessing. You and I should be an example of power. You and I should be an example of victory. You and I should be an example of triumph. Are there battles? Yes, but we are designed to win. Remember the armor? The Holy Spirit's wrapping His arm around you saying, My brethren, put on the whole armor of God, the armor that God designed for you and He expects you to put it on and you to take the territory and you to win in His name for His glory. We have authority. Say, I have authority. We have dominion. Say, I have dominion. Once again, that's why I put the notes and stuff together because this takes a renewing of the mind. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, what? I've been in the church. They've never said anything about this. And the devil doesn't want millions of people are going to hear this and I give God all the glory. We're going to shove it right up the devil's nose that in our house, we're going to take dominion and authority in our businesses. We're going to walk in victory in our relationships. We're going to overcome and win in every area of life. Remember 2nd Corinthians 2 14. He always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Always say always. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes. I just want to pray over you. Father, I just ask that you confirm this Word with signs following. That as, as we begin to renew our mind of this truth, as we begin to believe your Word in our heart, as we begin to open our mouth and say what you tell us to say in your Word, that you watch over your Word to perform it, that Father, I just speak the blessing over this, the people that are watching the show, the people that are here. Father, I just I I expect there to be a hunger and a thirst in every one of us to know you more, to walk in victory in every area of our life and to be everything you've called and created us to be. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're you're sitting here tonight, or maybe you're watching online or by, by phone, however you're watching. And you don't know where you stand with God. If you were to die today, you don't know that you would spend eternity with God. You've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior. And you want to do that for the very first time tonight? I want you to say this very simple prayer with me, right where you're at. Can we pray this prayer together out loud as a whole? Can we say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And according to Your Word, I'm now saved, forgiven, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you meant it on the count of three, I want you just to slip your hand in the air and say, yes, I prayed it for the very first time and I meant it. One, two, three. Would you just slip your hand? God sees that hand. Thank you. Is there anybody else? If you're watching, I want you to to let us know. Info at TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. Let us know. We want to connect with you. We want you to walk in victory. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Now, Father, I just pray over the individuals here that the Word that was sown into their heart, it's sealed by the Spirit of God and, and that it just begins to grow and they have a hunger and a thirst to walk in victory and to overcome and to conquer and to be everything that You've called and created them to be. We promise You all the honor, all the glory, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.